I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the wedding session and we're on the engagement series today and we have a special guest. Of course, I am Tarina. And I'm Kelly. And we are here to welcome Jennifer from the Lazy Gourmet Catering. Hey girl, what's up? Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, A little bit early, but I'm doing well. Nice. (laughs) Yes, definitely in catering and events, this is early. Start day around noon, I'd say. Yeah. Well, it until 3 a.m. Oh yeah. my gosh, girl, that's crazy. Oh, that's so funny. Awesome. We always like to start with like a little bit of a chitty chat, but I wanted to say it's so funny your relationships with people in the industry because I find some people you just meet and you're like, how are we not friends? Like outside so of work. It's so funny. And I swear you're one of those people. Like we, I think we met because we had questions about. Um, an event that we were working on and then somehow every time we see you we're just like what is up why are we not hanging out more <laughs> well you know the answer to that because we're both in the same industry I know. Yeah. oh my god so we never we're always constantly go 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 but I am always available nice I love <laughs> it I love it well I always I always wanted to um Trina and I were talking about just about like our the history of our friendship with you and uh, and what it's led to. And I always tell the story because I actually, I told you this story, Jennifer, when we were doing the taster for um, for one of my clients, for Tracy and Adam, about the story about how Tarina's water broke <laughs> at, your, <laughs> at the Lazy Gourmet. So, so for those of you that don't know, Lazy Gourmet hosts, um, well, they typically host uh, two events, uh, industry events during the year, and they are like amazing. Oh my gosh, the food's phenomenal. They, of course, so- phenomenal. Like, Fun. I like so I much we, fun. Had, we had to do something on one of the parties and I was like okay how can we work and then go to the party like yes <laughs> yes I was so bummed out we missed one of them but uh, yeah. the last one that we went to would have been last October last, yeah last October, October. <laughs> yeah. it was our 40th anniversary party yes yeah. oh my gosh that's fun. right that's right yeah, so my whole pregnancy, they were like, you can't have soft cheeses and meat. But at this point, I was 37 weeks, and there was a huge charcuterie like display. And I was like, oh, this mama can't drink the alcohol, so she's going to eat the meat and cheese. And oh, then the meat and cheese. Literally, I'm standing t- next to our couple that we brought with us. And I was looking at Adam, and I was like, I'm just so ready for this pregnancy to be over. And then literally the next day, my water broke. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, with 24 yeah. feet of cheese and charcuterie at that party, there oh, you, yeah. you have no choice. I ate 20 feet of it, like I promise. <laughs> I know. Well, there were like tables and tables and tables of it too. It was really funny because Auntie Kelly went out a little bit afterwards. I may or may not have gotten totally lit. Whatever, it's fine. And then <laughs> at like five in the morning, I'm getting texts from Trina being like, so my water broke. I'm like, cool, we have two weddings tomorrow. What the hell? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so while I'm eternally grateful for Lazy Gourmet parties, because it brought my little fun little nephew into the world, yeah. the timing the, the timing was shit. I'm gonna say <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess the salami yeah, broke the water. I don't know. It was just so strange. <laughs> yeah, definitely lazy gourmet babies, super funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we definitely started hanging out more once we started going to the lazy gourmet parties. Uh, and then we've had a few couples with you. Uh, Kevin and Alina was a really fun one because you assigned the captain who was a super good friend of ours used to work with us as a butler, Lola. So I thought that was really uh, full circle. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. And I literally walked into the kitchen of that event for lazy gourmet, like that lazy gourmet was catering. Like I worked for you guys. <laughs> Lola knew me. Yeah, we yeah. in there. We're like, excuse us, we're here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and this and this and this. And Lola's like, she's cool, she's cool. She's like, has catering. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not necessarily my team anymore. But yeah. it, was, it was made with compartments of my old team. So. Um, we're friendly. We're welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> that so That's awesome. And the food is so good there. And then we also did, uh, now we're going to be doing Tracy and Adam's. Yeah, so that was the wedding we were supposed to do at UBC Botanical, and yeah. she was the absolute freaking stunner that came in, and uh, her fiance Adam is hilarious. He's yeah. so funny, and the entire time when we were we were trying all of the, uh, um, we were doing the tasting, and it was every course, he's like, okay, on a scale of one to ten, and you can't use seven. I was like, Adam, that, I can't. And he's like, no, it forces you to decide either it's a six or it's an eight. Everyone picks seven because you don't want to make the food feel bad. And I was like, that is so wildly accurate. Everything was an eight. <laughs> Talk about full circle because um, Adam went to school with one of my other brides who I'm yes. actually such good friends with now. She came in. She wanted me to do planning for a wedding, do catering. Alex and Ben is who it was. And I went to school with Adam. They sat beside each other in homeroom, like oh. super close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I said to him, I said, did you, did you recommend? And she's like, I didn't even know they were getting married. Oh my goodness. And so it was, a. Uh, it's, I mean. Vancouver seems like it's big, but it's still small. It's so yes. small. It's so yeah. small. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I mean, I come from the sticks, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to high school out in the sticks, so I don't know if it makes you feel any better, so. And yet, oddly, I still know people every time I go. Every event we go to, Trina and I will always know at least one person outside of the, well, outside like, of especially, the bridal party. Yeah, especially in events, but we always kind of see somebody and we're like, oh, that person looks kind of familiar. Yeah, and the longer you're in events as well, the longer... The, the more interaction you have with people and you see, mm-hmm. there is a lot of people that go to a lot of events and yeah. so we see those repeat offenders all the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. True. Um, um, okay. Well, Kelly, do you want to yeah. give uh, a little intro of uh, yes. Jen and who are uh, our guests are today? Absolutely. So our lovely friend Jennifer is the senior, senior catering and event manager for one of Vancouver's original catering companies, the Lazy Gourmet based in my former hood, Kitsilano, which I really miss, but that's fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, East Van is lovely. I love it here. Um, Jennifer has been in the industry for for over nine years and is a certified holistic nutritionist, which I did not know. But I have to say, your passion for food and creating memorable menus for your clients is always impressive to see, and we know our clients are always in great hands whenever we work with you, so we always look forward to it. Yeah. So why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about your experience and how you got into got into the industry, got into catering? 
Tell us, tell so us. So catering was actually totally an accident, but how I got into food and beverage was not. I've always been fascinated with not only eating, but what <laughs> food does once it goes into your body. And I'm not talking about the basic part, but more how your body absorbs nutrients and what things you can put together to get the most out of your food and what things pair really well together to give you the most nutrients. And so I went to school for food and nutrition and I specialized in sports and fitness and really wanted to work for a sports team. Nice. Then I realized I live in Canada and real <laughs> fast. I tried to get a visa to work in LA and the way that the visas work is you have to have a job that they need people for and so they didn't need me so I'd just be taking someone's job got you that dream went down real quick um and I started serving and which we all do yeah that's how I feel like we all start in this industry and it was right when I moved to Vancouver so I've been here for about 13 years wow and I served at a restaurant with somebody who worked at the Lazy Gourmet oh okay so she knew how much of an organized freak I am. He <laughs> was trying to get a really big contract. And so they wanted me to organize one of our decor linen rooms because they knew she knew that I would just go to town with it. And nice. it. So I did it. And then they asked me to help out a little bit more in dispatch and a little bit in operations. And I thought, well, why not? And I kind of was on like a little one month contract through the holidays. And then one of the, what's it called? The corporate caterer had left the event planner had left and so they asked me to fill in until they found someone and I said well why don't I just do it <laughs> why don't I just stay I want to stay yeah. <laughs> well this much is fun but cool let's let's be an event planner yeah so I started out just doing small corporate lunches um, I saw a niche for weddings that we weren't really we were doing weddings but we weren't really known as a wedding caterer you know top in the top one or two that do wedding catering mm-hmm. and so I took it on as a challenge and I really I really enjoyed it I I tell people all the time that I feel like I'm part of making memories and mm-hmm. I get to do that with food which I love so it happened all by accident and here I am 10 years later wow <laughs> I honestly I have to say when we were working in catering it was honestly like it was a very hard gig it was really really hard but it was also so easy at the same time because everybody needs food we all need mm-hmm. to eat uh-huh. And it's more like, would you like fancy this or fancy that? Or would you like, <laughs> would you like meat on a stick? Would you like a wrap? Would you like, what would you like? So, I mean, I always found it was very, um, I found it somewhat easy because people, you need to eat at an event, but it was, uh, it definitely kind of introduces you into the, into the underground of what, what it takes to run an event too. So that's, that's so cool. That's awesome. So where are you originally from? For those of you who don't know. I am originally from Ontario. <laughs> Go Ontario! Sorry. <laughs> I was born and raised in Guelph, and then we moved to a tiny little town that is just an intersection called Kenilworth. And again, where my food passion came from is we we had a farm. So we grew our own meat and grew our own vegetables. And it's, I don't know, it just kind of was ingrained in me at a young age. Food is really cool. Yeah. Well, and it feels so effortless, too, when you are, uh, when we, when you are in action, I say that, you know, when you're, uh, you know, especially when I saw you with uh, Tracy Adam, like, it was just so, it was so natural being able just to talk about food, about, you know, the different flavor profiles and, and the different items that um, that you could bring together and also the variety of things, too. If you don't like this, you can always mess around with that. So I really, really, it, it like I say, it really shows in, in how you uh, introduce food to 
to uh, the uninitiated, you know, one of the things that we always said was for, especially for a wedding, most people have never had catering done before. People have no idea what they're doing. And so for you to be able to kind of share your love of that as well, I think it definitely translates to. I really, I really enjoy it. And I think it's also a lot of people think that when you're going to a wedding or you're doing your wedding catering, that people are expecting this crazy, huge, fancy meal. Mm-hmm. You hear the word fancy all the time or upscale. Yeah. And it's what I liked about Tracy and Adam is that they have very traditional, traditional tastes and, and traditional food, but you can really get creative with it. You know, yeah. you can do a mashed potato if you love mashed potatoes. It's like one of the most basic foods in the world, but you can do so many things to it. Exactly. It's just about adding those little bits of flavors and, and being honest about what works and what doesn't, because when you're constantly trying to do it all on your own, yeah go to Pinterest, you go to different websites and I love Pinterest, but it's not always real. So you see these food you see these food items, you want them on your menu, and then the caterer has to tell you that that's not real food in the photo. It is staged like pieces yep. of fondant on your burger. Like it's yeah. not it's not real. Yes, totally. Oh my gosh, yes. We used to get a lot of Pinterest photos, Lord bless them. And uh, yeah, some of the things were just like, that actually doesn't, that's not a food. That doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> so, but it was always like, thought we could provide this instead. So. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's where the passion comes from for me is that I get mm-hmm. to be super creative. And if anybody knows me, I'm very uh, not awesome when I'm bored. So <laughs> a creative job is, is ideal for me. I don't <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. So now might, uh, yeah, why don't we just take a quick little break and, uh, and we'll be right back. Hey, photographers, we are so excited to bring you Orphic, a curated styled workshop for photographers to fuel your mess. Being in the industry, you can get easily burnt out working wedding after wedding after wedding. Whether you're newer to the game, want to branch out and try something different, or just want to have some fun with us, we're here for it. At Orphic, we're setting up multiple styled looks with a ton of details for you to shoot. Space is super limited, not only for safety reasons, but to give you, the photographer, the chance to get all those money shots. Build your portfolio, get creative, and come see what we have in store for you. Check out We Are Orphics on Instagram to see what we've been up to, what we've styled in the past, and the next available date to book your spot. Email us at weareorphics, that's we are. O-R-P-H-I-C-S at gmail.com for more information. Hey, you. Yes, you. Newly engaged and totally lost on this thing called planning your wedding? We're here to help with our newest educational event called The Love Brunch. This intimate and interactive discussion will dig deep in the beginning stages of planning your day with a panel of wedding vendors eager to help you feel empowered to make the best choices during this fun but at times super stressful process. With limited seats, this is an event you don't want to miss, especially with swag bags valued at over $450. You'll also receive a welcome drink with an Instagrammable brunch, along with an opportunity to get inspired with a feature arch and bridal gowns. Visit at The Love Brunch Engaged for more information on where to get tickets and learn who our talented panelists are. Tickets are sold by the pair, so bring your fiancé, bring your mom, or bring your maid of honor. Hope to see you there! everybody welcome back uh so today on the engagement series we're talking about hiring catering services and what that means with your budget so to paint a picture you are in a venue that has that requires catering so there is no on-site catering staff 
there it's like a hotel or a restaurant would have food in house but not necessarily like a hall or a venue that just um has like a key and you give it to you and then that's your wedding venue so jen can you walk us through why you would need to contact a caterer for your wedding um like why would they be coming to you well usually because the venue doesn't provide food so not a restaurant or a hall um but also because you can't do it yourself right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you can but it never works out well when you get family to do you know every single dish for you and people bring yeah. the, it's you need that catering team they bring in the kitchen for you they bring in everything that you need to have that food portion for your event Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't always have to have food at events um but weddings you kind of do so (laughs) (laughs) kelly and i always joke that like in your budget it's like people do not give a shit about anything else except how they felt and if they were fed right so if you are going to select an area to put your budget it's got to be in the food it just you can't skip on it important it's so important it's the lasting thing yeah you I've been to a few events where the food was very sparse. Mm-hmm. However, the venue itself was stunning and you could tell that they spent so much money on florals and decor and all these other things, but everybody was starving. Yeah. And I haven't even been to an event before where somebody door dashed to the event. Oh, no. <laughs> that I'm talking about were hosted by the Lazy Gourmet. <laughs> but I, do, I think it's wild when people don't <laughs> realize how important food is. Yeah. Um, based around the meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, and, it, okay. and it's and it's so funny that you say that too because obviously you need you need uh, you need food in an event, especially for a wedding. But the idea of like not relying on your family to do that, I'll never no. forget. I don't even remember how the story came about, but someone told me this that on the day of the wedding, the groom said to the mom, "Oh, mom, by the way, can you get the barbecue going? We need to cook the burgers for dinner." And they told told me this, and I was like, you can just, you can disown your child in that moment. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can make another. It's okay. (laughs) When people think about food at an event, if they've never hired a caterer before, Mm -hmm. they've never thrown an event, it can seem like it's not the biggest portion. Oh, we just order some food. Perfect. Food's here. People eat. And it's like, well... You need somebody to set the food up. You need somebody to heat the food, to cook the food, to replenish the food, to clean the food, to talk to people about dietaries, to liaise with the guests. It's it's a lot to put on your friends and family, and it never goes as planned when you put that on your friends. Yeah, we know. One thousand percent agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Yes. So, um, say it like I'm a we are a couple, Kelly and I, and we <laughs> we are whatever. <laughs> and we've just got engaged, and we have selected our venue, and just and our venue says, okay, like or you need to get catering, you need to get bring it, the services in. How um early, in your opinion, do you think we should be connecting with you, the caterer? And what can you like guide us along the journey of what is the expectation, kind of in the early stages of planning? Sure. So. I always like to say the sweet spot is around a year. I do get people that come to me two years before their wedding, but I think in regards to menu planning is totally fine and talking about it and saying, hey, you're going to be our caterer. We really love your style. Let's touch base in six months with some seasonal menus. I think when you book too far in advance, you kind of, you get stuck into something from two years before. You don't get the seasonal stuff 
the new mm-hmm. things, the creative things that are coming out. So I like to say a year is the sweet spot for me. Start to kind of liaise, talk about menu, talk about what you're looking for, maybe meet. I, I end up getting a lot for people's menus after I meet them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Personality is something, I, I mean, maybe not all caterers think this, but for me personally, I think that figuring out who people are and a little bit about them really helps me put their menu together, even if we don't even talk about food at all. So I, I like yeah, I like to do the meeting and, and do that and then start creating menus, go back and forth. Once you're happy with the menu, I like to do a tasting about six months before the wedding. This allows for any changes. I mean, in six months, a lot can change. People are always on different diets and different things. And so I started talking to you, you could be, you know, a carnivore. And then six months later, you're yeah. keto vegan. And <laughs> so true. <laughs> so I think the six months doing a tasting and then just touching base along the ways to, to see if they've made any changes, if their diet has mm-hmm. changed, um, if other people in their family or their guests have dietary, it's it's all doable. It's just getting that in time. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, so they'll initially, they'll call you and then you just kind of, kind of go from there. Just do, do you provide them with any information or is it more like let's, let's meet in person or let's talk over the phone. So then that way you can get a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be an in-person meeting, more just communicating and talking. I find through email sometimes it is just, we're looking for a buffet dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But buffet means a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Totally. Well, the amount of people that say they want plated but don't know what plated is, oh. they're like, well, we just they think it means food on plates. Like, the- <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. We want to table for people to get their food. That's okay. Oh. oh my gosh. I As soon as you said that, it just reminded me of the inquiry that we got and they asked for stick food. And I was oh, like, yeah. what does that mean? stick food and I was like is this a skewer are you looking for sliced carrot is this because they wanted like crudite they wanted like a veggie platter of sorts but she said stick food and I was like oh girl I need to talk to you what are you going on about (laughs) my brain would be like cool I'm gonna figure out a crazy menu where everything is on some sort of skewer Right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. And then I would have sent it and she would have been like, those aren't carrots and celery. Right. (laughs) Totally. But again, in their defense, it's usually weddings are, they're not, they haven't planned events before. They haven't had, Mm -hmm. they don't know the questions to ask. They don't know, they just know they need food. And then the rest of it starts to get a little bit overwhelming. We always um, used to say that half of our job was just educating people. It's okay, this is why you need staff for a buffet versus more staff or plated. It was a lot of continuous conversations about Mm -hmm. what we got to do and why. Yeah, I always felt we always did like a lot of educating. As soon as we get on the phone with people, we'd be like, okay, so catering means. <laughs> like, we always had to just bring it, like, right down to, to zero because people were like, I've never, I've never done this before. I'm like, of course not. This is the first time, first time you're getting food. You're, you're maybe, maybe this is your first wedding, as I've learned not. Because I've, learned, I've learned from past friends and not yeah. to do many things. So, so like, generally the first time you've done this. <laughs> My favorite clients are the ones that call and they say, okay, I've never done this before. And I'm just like, perfect, perfect. You're open to hear. You're open to let me explain it to you. You're, yeah. You just come in and they're open to just hear what they have to do. Yeah. 
because you get other people that will price out everything and they'll say, mm. you know, we have a hundred people, but we only want 50 chicken and 50 beef at the buffet. I'm like, it doesn't really oh, work. No. Yes. <laughs> no no Actually, let's dive into that uh, a yeah. little bit. Is yeah. Why is that a bad idea? Because we always have to explain this in our job, but in a, in a perfect setting in your head, it's, oh, okay, 50 beef, 50 chicken. People can choose what they want. But we always said it's a bad idea, but we'd like to hear your answer of why it's always a bad idea to do that way. So if you're doing plated, it's fine. People are choosing what they're fine. If you're doing a buffet, let's be honest. We <laughs> take a plate and we say, how can I strategically fill this with everything that's on the buffet? Totally. Right? Layers. Layers. I work on la- I work on like a layer maneuver, okay? So I mean, like I do like all my hearty on the bottom and I do all my soft on the top. And if you're my fiance, you do two plates. I want all the things. I want all the things. And I think, again, that just goes back into they've never done catering before. They say, I have 100 people. I'm getting 100 portions. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is smaller portions of each. So if you're having a chicken, a beef, and a fish option, I'm going to do enough for everybody to have a piece of everything. There'll be smaller portions, and you will have people that only – you'll have pescatarians that only eat fish. They're going to take three pieces of fish, but they're not going to take the meat or the chicken. And then there's people that just eat meat. There's people that, you know, so it always balances out that way. And honestly, going up to a food buffet when you, when you're at an event and realizing, okay, I am pescatarian and there's no fish option left. There's only, Mm -hmm. so I'm eating veggies and dinner rolls tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, it's just one of those things. I think, again, we're educating them. It's, you have all of the options that you want. Just make a smaller portion and people can have everything and we can pile our plates high. <laughs> and I mean, and the, re- and the reverse of that too is, I mean, going up to the buffet and you don't have what you want, but also going up to the buffet and being told you can't have that. No, you're not allowed to have that. We're reserving oh, that for other so people. Awkward. And it's so, yeah. you know, we've, we've had to do it in we the past it and yeah. it's various events and it's always really, really challenging because how do you say you're coming up to the buffet and you can have everything, but you can't have the portobello mushroom because we're, we only have six of them and we're reserving that for the three vegetarians. Well, I, you know, like I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but I eat vegetarian food. You know what exactly. I mean? Like I, I want to try all of it because I love food. So, so it's always that it's very tricky to also in the reverse be like, you can't have that. <laughs> That's, you know, what we do for that or what I do anyways is, I do anybody that has a special dietary meal. I don't put it on the buffet. I do eat it and serve it to them individually. So they don't have to go up to the buffet and walk past everything and nobody takes their food because it happens, right? Yes, of course. It happens one time and then you never do it again. I know, I know. But it's also, you're also kind of fighting a little bit of human nature too, because people want what they can't have. So when you say, unfortunately, we're reserving these for the individuals that, that are not able to eat anything else on the, on, you know, this is their protein. Well, someone's like, well, I want to try it. Well, why can't I try it? Well, this is sucks. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, sir, (laughs) your plate is so full. It's dripping on the floor. Go have a seat. You're fine. Watch me put a napkin over top of my meat and tell you I'm vegetarian. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) And food is meant to be enjoyed. If you see something you want to try it that's the whole point of going up to a buffet is that you can have whatever you want yeah exactly so this kind of segues a little bit into my next question is about the cost you know what you focus on is called off-site catering in relation to on-site catering which is like a golf course or a hotel or something like that but Mm -hmm. why does off-site catering always seem more expensive than than a hotel or a Mm -hmm. golf course 
Because we get a lot of like, oh, we can get the venue for four grand. It's like, okay, that's great. It doesn't come with anything. This is why your catering bill is probably triple that. Or it just like the sticker shock. I think maybe explaining yes. that I think is the bigger one. You can go to a restaurant or a hotel and you can have an everything included kitchen catering experience. It's going to be very different. Your modifications aren't going to be the same. You're likely going to have to choose from menu A, B, or C. You, dietaries are very kind of, I, I just feel like it's not as creative as an experience. Also, the staff is already there. The kitchen's already there. The equipment's already there. The rentals are already there. Everything's already stocked in those places. Yeah. So when you're bringing in offsite catering, you have to account for all of those things. It's not just the physical food. It's how you're cooking the food. Where are you cooking the food? Do you have to build a tent? Do you have to bring in ovens? Who's serving the food? What are you putting the food on? Because none of that stuff comes with the venue when you have offsite catering. So the sticker shock is a little bit higher when it comes to the catering portion of it, but you get a lot more flexibility. You don't have to use that Arctic white plate. You can use a gold rim plate. You can use a black plate. You can use a stoneware plate. You can use yes. what when you bring in offsite catering. It's, it's really just that you get to customize your event to be more about you and who you are when you bring in offsite catering. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a price attached to that, but it's for the experience. But I think you're right too. I mean, that was actually going to be my next, was my next thought was about how it actually still allows you for that flexibility of the menus. You're not totally locked in, whereas maybe some of the other venues that provide, you know, menu A, B, and C, and it's like, this is what we can offer you within the, the venue. It allows you value, but it might not allow you necessarily the right flavors that you're looking for. Whereas mm -hmm. I, I always felt with offsite catering or, you know, working with a catering company, it allowed you the opportunity to be like, oh my gosh, I want to try this. I want to try this. And I always felt you were a little bit more adventurous. Yeah. I mean, uh, some people are totally fine with going like hotel catering. I, I've been to plenty of events that are absolutely stunning. The food is great. The menu is great. The decor is great. And then a year later, you go back to the same venue and you see the same centerpiece and you eat the same food. And it's not to say anything bad about hotel catering. If you want to go in and have your wedding at a hotel and not have to think about anything and you're okay with that, yeah. there's lots of people like that and that's totally fine. You go in, you choose menu A, you pick your centerpiece, you pick your chairs, you pick your linen, and you're done. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to get really involved and make their wedding really personal. And I think offsite catering allows that. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I would like to touch base on, and we got it a lot at the Butler when we were there in catering, is that mm -hmm. yes, there certain people would call us and ask for catering, but they would also ask for additional services, such mm -hmm. as planning, decor, flowers. Now, in our role, it wasn't offered purely because we couldn't keep up with the demand based on what we were pushing out, right? Sometimes we could do it, uh, but it wasn't always uh, encouraged. But yes. I think with you guys, it is. Yes. But that's not always the case for most catering companies, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. We're full service. So you guys offer, you basically do all the food and the rentals and the staffing, but you do offer more services on top of that if they choose to do so. Correct. correct. And we're happy to work with other planners. It helps us too, you know, when you know, when you're doing 160 weddings in a year, it's mm. sometimes not easy to fully plan every single one of them. Right. And, and our basis is catering. That's, that's where we start. So yeah. we can do full planning. We can do day of coordinators, event decor. We can do the full event design. We can find you a venue. We can get your DJ, your live music, your officiant, your floor, like literally anything that you want, we can do. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. then 
for our listeners, uh, this is typically not a service that is offered by catering. Just uh, we like to say Lazy is a full service catering company. They do everything. But I think 90% of the catering companies out there are purely food rentals and staff. They are there to facilitate a food service and then they remove that at the end, however it goes about. And there's so many different caterers out there and different types of caterers that you guys are certainly on the higher amazing beautiful people like you (laughs) the planet for you know some of the caterers that don't that don't have that flexibility or or the ability to to add on all of those services Mm -hmm. we've been in business for 40 years we've created just over 40 years we've created some really amazing relationships with a lot of vendors and so it allows us to be full service a little bit easier Mm-hmm. It's also nice because we know these vendors and so it's easy to kind of talk to our clients about that and talk to our couples about that because we feel comfortable with the service. Mm-hmm. I'm also happy to just say, hey, I don't have to plan your wedding, but I know Kelly and Tarina, I've worked hey. <laughs> yeah. we work well together and yeah. I would really recommend that. And I find that's comforting to a lot of couples knowing that vendors have worked together before. Because putting 15 vendors in a building that have never met, never talked to each other, never seen each other work can be really stressful. Yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Sometimes when we're like, can we just hire our friends, please? Like, it's so much easier. Like, I don't have to explain stuff to them. I mean, I'll basically fill my day from beginning to end every single day if I could. So, <laughs> that's all everything for you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We call it a challenge, right? We like a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> In your experience, what are some limits with off-site catering that sometimes are make it a little bit more challenging to have the ability to do the event in your? I think it would be. I mean, I like to say that anything is possible. Same. <laughs> Same. I would say the biggest, the biggest limitation, if you could call it that, would be unreal expectations. Okay. So if you're having an outdoor venue and you're basically just let's say it's in your parents' backyard in Langley, you have a big open space outside. That's it. That's all you have. Outside, big open space. If you want this big magical event, it, you have to start from the ground up literally with your tenting, with your flooring. With It's this unreal expectation that, oh, we didn't pay for a venue. Our event is going to be less expensive. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I find the limitations with getting offsite is that you do, you have to think a lot more about all of the little tiny details. Where can you build that kitchen? Where can you bring in that oven and that stove and those in- industrial things to cook the food? Is there a safe place to do that? Is the ground level? There's there's a lot of little things I think that are limiting, but they're, again, once they're explained and the expectation is there, I, I find that you can bypass them. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We always said it. You can anything's possible if you got the budget for it. It's like, yeah, we can get a ton of staff in here and tents and heaters and kitchens. It's possible. Yeah, Yeah, you can turn your outside into inside, but yeah, costs money. Yeah, and and we always said that too on the phone. Is that I mean, you're kind of creating a restaurant in the middle of nowhere. You're creating. You've got to provide and you know include all of the stuff. So there are some some costs behind that but again I think it comes back to the idea of it being so flexible and you can be like well I want to have a barbecue in the middle of December be like cool we we can make that happen so let's assume that we're in a regular wedding season (laughs) is there like an event in your head where you're just like yeah I did that like for me it was the um 
it was a military event where I had to serve a 300 person plated dinner in, um, Oh, that place in the armory. Yeah. And it's literally the size of a city block. So I'm walking end to end a block every time. It was so. Oh, my goodness. They had no kitchen, no sink. The parking was crazy. I pulled this thing out of nowhere. Uh, I worked on that so hard. But do you have an event where you're just like, I did it? Like, I did it. That happened recently. One kind of ties into what you are talking about. We did an event for a high-profile client who had, I believe it was a 1,000 people. Now, wow. in their building, it's a, this massive, massive building. But the way the floor plan was set up was almost like a lightning bolt. So we had huge bars and huge uh, back-of-house back of tents at each end of the lightning bolt. If you needed something from one side, you were doing the same thing. You were running through this entire venue through people trying to get to it. But we set up so many stations. We had amazing decor. Everybody was happy. We, it honestly, I, some of those times when you, when you reach really, really, really high for the start, yeah. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get close. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But we exceeded it and it was really amazing. And then the other one that I was really proud of was our 40th anniversary. Yeah. Um, yes. Turned that venue into a cabin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Different rooms. We had a living room. We had a dining room. We had the library. We had the wine cellar. And we had an outdoor s'mores roasting fire pit station inside. It just... I don't yeah. know. I just love transforming spaces. When you take something that's literally an open blank canvas and you mm. into something completely different. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love all of that. I mean, and we I were love- definitely there. It was, uh, I would say it was very warm and inviting and I actually didn't even realize it was a cabin. And then you said it and like it clicked in my head. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it totally was. Honestly, that was such an amazing event as well, especially since we can speak to it because we were there too as guests. And the space is literally cement and a wall, like four walls yeah. and beams. Like it's yeah. a whole space when you walk in and it was totally warm and inviting. I remember feeling cozy when we walked in and it was, it was stunning. So we wanted to do a few other things that uh, we couldn't get, we couldn't get permission to do because it was a cabin vibe. We wanted to have axe throwing outside. And oh, no, no, no. So cool. But you know, you can't trust everybody. I get it. <laughs> No safety no, first. No <laughs> running with scissors, whatever. Very <laughs> same difference. <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed the meat and cheese board very much. Yeah, <laughs> so, so did Trent. Yeah, he did. Yeah, or the fish and chip station was super cool. Oh, um, awesome! And what was even cooler is the chef that was running it was one of our old chefs that we used to work with, Eric. So we got to see our, our buddy in action. Oh, really nice. Yeah. Uh, Eric, he loves working with you. Oh, yes, I love Eric. He's amazing. When we were, uh, when we do a lot of weddings back in the day, um, for catering purposes, we do it now a little bit differently. Some couples would call us with some major dietary restrictions uh, mm-hmm. on their end. And we recently worked with here that was a little <laughs> bit of a pushback when it came to a gluten free menu. Uh-huh. They weren't us. <laughs> yeah, and our bride was like, she was celiac. She's like, I can't eat any of the food I'm paying for. Yeah, and so she, they were like, well, we can bring you your food and then everybody else can have the buffet. And Kelly and I were just like, no, we know it's not hard to do a gluten-free buffet. It is. A, she's going to pay for everybody to eat. They can eat gluten-free too. It's not difficult. Right. So, you can um, make gluten-free taste good. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's like in your experience, like when a couple comes with you with a bunch of dietary restrictions, how do you handle that file? Like how um, how would you go about it? So, I mean, ideally, the easiest way is to do a plated dinner because then you can accommodate every single individual allergy with individual food. Mm-hmm. That being said, if it's buffet, we try to do things as close to all of the dietary as possible. And there's ways that you can do that without changing the food for the people that don't have those dietaries. Mm-hmm. So doing salads more as a platter instead of mixed in a bowl so they can, you know, kind of take the items that they want. You could still have cheese in it, but it's on the side. Mm-hmm. You still have those items. Mm-hmm. They're just easier accessible so that if you have dietary, if you're vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, all of those things, you can have them separated. So you don't mm-hmm. have to have that part, but other people don't have to miss out on it. That being said, it is almost 2021. We're at the end of 2020. You caterers can make food taste amazing with yeah. food, without dairy. Without have you ever eaten cheese? I stopped. So like I didn't want to try it for the longest time. I'm like, nope. I like my cheese. I'm eating my cheese. <laughs> I like my cheese. I'm like, this is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good. I like it. Yeah. How many people wouldn't even know? You put it on the platter, they wouldn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you can make things taste good. If somebody tells you they can't, go somewhere else. They can, yeah. You can make any type of food taste good. We've gotten some pretty crazy dietaries before. Mm-hmm. I had one bride who couldn't, she was vegan, but she also couldn't eat anything that had a skin or grew off of a tree. Oh, oh and, okay. Uh, and well, and <laughs> that's a lot of fruits and vegetables. <laughs> and then I had a nightshade allergy, so like no carrots, no potatoes, no broccoli, none of those things. Wow. Okay. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're challenging me. That's great. You're gonna have on your wedding. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but then you just you get to get creative, and you get to go and you get to talk to your chefs and say, hey, this is what we got to do. Let's make it amazing. And sometimes you end up creating these things that you didn't even know existed, and then they end up on our menu. I also think too. I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about it. I mean, we're with almost twenty twenty one. I think I think if anybody has any sort of dietary restriction, I don't think it should be like, oh, we can't do that. There's no yeah. there's no excuse for it anymore. Not at I mean, all. But even five years ago, ten years ago, like, ooh okay, let me, ooh, let me reach in the back of my brain and try and come up with something. Cause I think it was a little bit, it wasn't quite so easy to, to a communicate that because you were always afraid of like being outed as well. We did this, the, the one event that Trina's, um, or actually another event we, we did last year. And the one thing that the client was very concerned about for, to us as planners and to communicate to the catering was, um, that they didn't want people to feel outed. There were a lot of people, there were like 130 people and there was like 40 of them that had a a dietary. It was a huge list, like apples, onions. Yeah, it was like the biggest list I'd ever seen. And I was like, okay, well, we can, we can make this. They wanted traditional holiday food, beef tenderloin and the turkey and all that sort of stuff, but they wanted it to fit within the dietary, you know, request because the year prior, people went home hungry because again, they walked up to the buffet and they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't have any of this. So I, I feel like now there's, there is, we have some incredible chefs in the industry and very innovative ideas and that we can all reach out to each other and ask for help and be like, you can, you can go talk to another caterer and be like, Hey, we've never had this before. 
do you have a suggestion that maybe we can like we're all you know contemporaries in the industry we're all work together or like hey we've come up across this you should try this or something but I don't I feel like there's no excuse to be like oh yeah we don't we don't do that (laughs) I agree I agree I think I I also think in catering our whole the whole thing we do is food so why would you say no to somebody food is the easiest thing to sell like we like you like chicken you like beef yeah sure we'll sell that like it was just such an easy element to sell it was not a tough sell to do it and i mean you're going to have 75 percent of your weddings are going to be easy to put their menus together Mm -hmm. some of them you're just going to be duplicating exactly what they ask for they're going to say we want an herb roasted chicken we want a beef wellington we want scallop potatoes. We want what our mom used to cook for us. That's what we want. And we say, okay, we'll do it. If that's what you want, that's easy, done and done. Mm-hmm. And you have other people that, you know, do have the dietaries, but also have a really unique vision of what the food is going to be at their event. And I think as caterers, that's our job to get creative and be passionate about what we do and create menus that make people happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is reminding me of another question and I can't believe I forgot to even mark this down, but we used to get a lot of like, okay, here is the, we've given you a menu. You love the idea of this. We can serve it however you like, like sometimes like a canapé dinner uh, versus or or a plated needs more staffing. So we get a little bit of bargaining happening with uh, guests or with the person, right? So it's like, well, why do I need eight servers? Like, you know, we're only having a hundred people. So how have you handled that? Because in my early days of catering, I would take someone off because I would not really understand the full meanings of why we need the person and then immediately regretted it when I got there because now I'm doing the work of three people. (laughs) So I just am very transparent and I I just honestly tell them why you have X, Y, and Z on your proposal. Mm -hmm. When you're doing plated, yeah, sure. You have 100 people. You only want four staff. Like I quoted you on your buffet. Okay, well, by the time your last table gets served, your first table is going to be completed, cleared, and waiting for their second course. Yeah. So in order to execute this so that all of your guests are eating within five minutes of each other, we need the extra staff. Mm-hmm. I also let them know that that extra staff doesn't need to be there for the whole event. It's mm-hmm. just for the dinner portion. We want to execute your event flawlessly. And in order to do that, you need extra staff. But I'm also transparent and I let them know, if I have a staff that doesn't have any use, Bye. I'm going to send yeah. them home. I'm not going to keep staff on your event just to keep staff on your event. Mm-hmm. They're there for a purpose. And I think when you want the higher, the higher end services and, and the more elevated services, you need more staff for that. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then on the other end of it is Kelly and I have seen catering quotes come to us and looked at the staffing number and been like, how is this possible? Only because based on our experience, we're like, there's no way this is doable. And so we often go to our, the cater or clients. Do you want your guests having water glasses everywhere that are empty do you want dishes all over the tables like that people remember those experiences yeah and it's also it's not fair to the catering team either when you cut down staff and it's when I when I used to care it was hard you know they're literally running through this room and you've got a tray filled with empty glasses and by the time you get back the places you've already cleared are dirty again (laughs) yeah 16 people are asking you for something and you're like, oh my goodness. It's like working in a restaurant by yourself. Yes. It's making orders. You're cleaning up. You're bringing food. You're, you know, somebody dropped a glass. You're cleaning up glass. Somebody's walking over and asking you for a drink while you're cleaning up glass. It's, it's too much. And then people remember that and they don't think, oh geez, they're understaffed. 
they don't they don't care yeah, right they don't no. care. And it's, it's, like, i can't blow the service yeah my plate's sitting here and it's like well you're not seeing what's happening in the back end but it's not right. necessarily their fault they're not supposed to of course but at yeah. the end of the day when they leave that event they remember that yeah they remember my wine glass was empty for 45 minutes for sure mm-hmm. well and i always need to tell people too i mean the, the staff that you bring on site as as a couple i mean our are kind of a representation of you as well. Mm-hmm. You chose these people to, to take care of you on the day. So, you know, we want to make sure that we are putting our best foot forward for you because at the end of the day, nobody's going to know the catering company from your wedding. They're just going to know the couple and be like, oh, so-and-so's wedding was absolute trash. Oh my gosh. So Their plates were dirty. They were left on the table. Like when I first started working for the butler, I was invited to a wedding. And so I had, I kind of understood how uh, uh, catering behind the scenes worked. And I was at this beautiful venue in Vancouver um, and the bride and the groom were working with a very tight budget. And one of the things they sacrificed was their food. And I, I shit you not, the bartender was like, what color of wine do you want? And I was oh. like, what? <laughs> and I had plates, I had my, my dinner plate was full of food and it was, it was on my table all dinner like the entire time nobody came to pick anything up like it was just they were literally there to put food on the buffet and then they were in behind the scenes like there was no no level of service and it really it was a very weird feeling because the venue was stunning it was so gorgeous and it was like wow the, the staff it just reflected so poorly and you know you get you get a lot of I mean I do anyways a lot of people that say no 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 that's fine can you just drop off the food and we have our own staff yeah. Oh my God. Like, your own staff are your nieces and nephews that don't want to be doing this. Yes. Somebody could give something that has nuts in it that doesn't look like it has nuts in it to somebody with an anaphylactic allergy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cutting the smallest amount of cost and it has the biggest it's drawback. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're saving a couple hundred dollars on staffing. Is it really worth that being the only thing remembered at your yeah. wedding? Exactly. And even replenishing a shaper is not an easy task, especially when you're dressed up in wedding attire, right? So like you got to grab this 200 pan out of this hot box, piping hot, try to remove whatever cover it has on and flick it into a pan of water, all gracefully doing it in heels, right? It just doesn't happen. No. So we always start I can't carry a glass of water without spilling it on myself, let alone using <laughs> a shaper. Like, no, no one has to do that except for the caterers. Yeah. Totally. Okay, our last and final question before we send you on your way, because um, technically today is a work day for you. Um, <laughs> so I'm only going to ask you one question about COVID because that is the area era that we are living in right now. Mm-hmm. But how has that changed your service approach or menu options while you're on site? And is this something that you think will be looking like a sort of semi-permanent, maybe permanent layout moving forward? I actually really like this question. So <laughs> I'm, finding, I'm finding that these small, intimate weddings are a lot more personal. When you have 40 or 50 people or whatever Dr. Bonnie says you're allowed to have, mm-hmm. um, you, you're able to really put your personality into the food, the decor, and all of the other things. Mm-hmm. You're also, we're able to do a lot more interactive and immersive menus mm-hmm. without, we can still do it for 500 people. However, it gets into that pricey point where you need a hundred staff to execute it. But when mm-hmm. you only have 40 people, it's a lot easier to execute these really fun, interesting menus, like table side soup service, where you get, you get your, your plate that has, 
a certain element of the soup inside of it. And then we pour the soup right at the table. Mm-hmm. Things with dry ice, things that are just garnished and built to the sky. These things are possible with 500 people, but they're better with 40 people. Nice. You don't have that. And I think that that is something that's going to move into, into forever because people are realizing that the experience that they're getting with 40 or 50 people is so much more along the lines of what they envisioned. It's more along the lines of their Pinterest board. It's more along the lines of what they've been thinking about forever. And let's be honest, with COVID weddings, people are taking a hit on that already. You know, they're planning, they're restructuring, they're rescheduling, they're cutting people from their list. So to be able to have literally every single element that you want because you have a smaller group, I think that that's, I think that's something that we're seeing a lot of, and I think it's going to stay. Don't get me wrong. I love my 500 person wedding. They're <laughs> interesting and unique all in their, in their own. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I don't know. I just love the intimacy of smaller events. I think yeah. it creates a more lasting impression. Yeah. I yeah, think we agree. we've been yeah. in a similar boat too. It's like now the couple, they went from 150 person to 40 people. Well, now they can have more money for better food. They can have better decor. They can have bigger flowers and have this. And the people in the room have been selected very handpicked specifically to be there. And it's an honor. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot better positivity and a lot better um, energy. We've, we've been finding in the room working with yeah. smaller events. Just everybody seems to be in a better, happier place. Well, you get the people that you really, truly want to celebrate with. And it, it means just a touch more, you know, it's not your brother's sister's girlfriend's dribbles Tinder date there. that you. How is that not on a t-shirt? I don't know. <laughs> but it's true, right? Yes. You see yeah. someone and you're like, oh, I've never met them before, yeah. but I fed them and they're celebrating this day with me. Yeah. The more people you yeah. have, the more exceptions you have to make. And I, and I just, I have love the intimacy of small events for sure so I know those are sort of some of the changes but again the bride and groom or the couple they're able to actually you know see everyone like literally see the whites of everybody's eyes (laughs) there's only 40 of you so and I think it's a better experience for the guests as well because they will know at least half of the people in the room so it's not overwhelming for anybody it's not okay I have to you know put my happy face on and hide my social anxiety in a room of 500 people yes Went to abroad, but don't know anybody else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you so much. So, where can we find you on social media? Where do you Where do you live? How can people get a hold of you so that they can inquire? Everywhere. So <laughs> we're um, online www.thelazygourmet.ca. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at thelazygourmet, and you can find us there. And we're always posting and doing lots of fun things. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of our engagement series on the wedding sessions. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode, our last episode. Ooh, how to how to make yourself look beautiful for your day. Right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. 
This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.